please, right from now on. And I title this message, Your Help is on His Way. Your Help is on His Way. So stand up. Stand up for Jesus. And uh, Isaiah 50, verse 4. How many know it by heart right now? Uh, my w- only one person? <laughs> Oh boy, God help us. Then I, <laughs> okay, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. Nor did I turn away. Amen. You'll never turn away in Jesus' name. You'll always listen to his word and you'll be blessed by his word. Now let me tell you this. Whenever you ask God to be saved, if you ask God for forgiveness and you're asking God to be saved, you want Jesus to save you. Maybe you've murdered ten people. But now you know that you've done something wrong and you needed God in your life. And you, you cry out to him, kneeling, weeping, saying, God, I want you to save me. Save my soul. Will God hear you? Is there anything that is bigger than salvation that you can receive from God? From God? Is there anything... That is bigger than receiving the righteousness of God by just a few words that you speak to God. For him to come into your life and to forgive you. You can be 60 years old and have done a lot of bad things. And now this one moment you cry out to God and you are saying, God, please come into my heart. You and I know at that same moment God hears from heaven and he delivers the answer. You're saved. Once you start speaking, he hears you. And you're saved. And there is no gift that is bigger than the gift of salvation. But what this says is every time you open your mouth to cry out to God, he hears you. And the answer is on his way. Sometimes people get saved, but they don't still feel saved. It has nothing to do with feelings. It has to do with the word of God. If you keep believing, the feelings will come. The feelings will come and your life will be transformed. Let me share what the the scripture says about this. In Romans chapter 8 verse 32, I'm saying that your help is on his way. In Romans 8 verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? All things. There's nothing bigger in the universe than the Son of God. All things were created by Him and for Him. And God delivered Him for you. He gave Him up 
so he can have you. And so the scripture is asking us, if God can give that to you as a gift, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So Jesus was a gift for you, for your salvation. There is no gift bigger than Jesus. And God is saying, if he is willing to deliver him, not just, just to give him, but unto death, for him to die, so that you can have life. How shall he not also with him freely, freely give you all things? So when you cry out to God, the answer is on his way. You just have to keep believing God. The answer is always on his way. There is no reason for a child of God to be hopeless in any area of life. God's going to take care of you. All you have to do is call. In Isaiah 50, 65 verse 24, he says, It shall come to pass that before the call, when is he talking about? This is the time that we are living in. This day it shall come to pass. God, the scripture, this Isaiah, that's the gospel preacher of the Old Testament. He's preaching to us that in our time it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. Hello? Before they call, I've already answered. Your help is on his way. He shall come to pass when God has delivered his son to us as a gift to us. When all of those things have been, com- have been accomplished by God, then it will come to pass even before you call, God's already answering. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. While you are still speaking, God hears. That's why we have no reason to be afraid or concerned about anything. Jesus said, take no thought for anything. Not even for your life, not where you will sleep. Where the clothes you will wear, not the food you will eat. He says, your heavenly Father knows you have the need. You have need for all of these things. Don't concern yourself about those. Just concern yourself about the kingdom of God. That God will take care of the rest of it. Before you call, He answers. While you are still speaking, He's already heard. And Ephesians chapter three verse twenty tells us, even your thoughts are answered. God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or even think. While you are thinking it, he's answering it. And God doesn't play with his words. He has magnified his words above all of his names. I believe Psalm 138 verse 2. God has done that for us. So when you believe God's word, stay with God's word. God will not disappoint you. God doesn't have a track record of disappointing anyone. He says he's rich to the Greek and, and to the Jews. All, he's very rich, abundantly rich. He's able to give to every need that you have in your life. Take no thought. While you are speaking, the answer is on his way. You know, sometimes God may choose to, rem- to forget not to remember. But let me tell you, every time it appears as if God has chosen not to remember, it's really for your good. And when he chooses to remember, he's still again for your good. Amen. So sometimes God chooses not to remember, but it's really for your good. Whatever that is, it's a principle. God doesn't really forget, but sometimes he chooses to forget. But when he's doing that, 
He stays with it. And if he's doing that, it's for your good. All things work together for good to those that love God and for those who are called according to what? His purpose. His purpose is what matters. So all things work for our good. Let me show you this in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 34. It says, No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord. No more. The Spirit of God is inside of you. What we do is to challenge you to believe the God that is already inside of you. The preacher's job is to direct your mind so you can lash on to what's already there. But I'm not going to convince you to believe God. You already know God. No more. He says, for they all. Can everyone say all tonight? All. They all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. This is one case where God says, I don't want to remember. He's gone. And for what purpose? For your good. For your good. He says he'll never remember your sins anymore. Once you ask Jesus into your life, they're all gone. You go back and say, God the Father, you remember last night I was, he says, what are you talking about, son? There is nothing like that. I, I checked the books and there is nothing here. He's plain. Amen? Because you confess, he's gone. There's iniquities I will not remember anymore. He said, is it possible for God to forget? Yes, when he chooses to forget and really it happens, he never will remember. He's gone. It's as if it was never done. God doesn't remember it. It's not like man. He says, I forgave you and I've forgotten. He's lying. <laughs> the next time you do anything close to it, he'll remind you again about what you did and give you more detail. Man, don't forget. But when God says, I've forgotten, it's forgotten. When he forgets or he chooses not to remember, it's for your good, for your benefit. And then when he chooses to remember, it's also for your benefit. But when God uh, seems as if he's been, he's been holding back and has forgotten, and that could be a while. And all of a sudden, God says, I remember now. When that time comes, <laughs> uh, one hour it's like 100 years for him. He's ready to get that thing done. And he's going to get it done immediately. Now I shared the other time. And I like to go into the scripture. Exodus chapter 6 beginning from verse 5. God was speaking to Moses. He says, And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel. Whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Did he forget? Seemed like he did. Tonight, whatever is causing you to groan, will cause God to remember his covenant with Jesus Christ on your behalf. Can I hear an amen? Whatever is causing you concern and is causing you to hurt, whatever that is, I ask you and I challenge you today 
to believe that because you are hearing these words from God's servant, amen, that's nothing to make me up, but that's what he says. I am his servant. I know that. Because he called us, Angel and I, into this ministry. That's one of the things God is ministering to me. I called you, you are my servant. And I will fulfill the counsel of my messenger. He says that, Isaiah 44, verse 26. Check it out. God will fulfill, he will confirm the counsel. So now I'm telling you tonight, whatever that is, as God's servant, whatever that is, that has been causing you to groan, that whatever that is, is going to cause God to remember the new covenant that he has in the blood of his son on your behalf. Can I hear an amen? Something is going to change. Something is going to break. If it's causing you to groan, God will remember. And this is what he said. Say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under whatever that is that is causing your concern. God's going to bring you out from under it. Can I hear an amen? Whatever it is that's causing you pain, God's going to take you away from under that thing. Whatever burden, whether it's financial, has to do with your children, whatever it is that is causing you to groan, your groaning has come to the ears of the Lord God Almighty. And God, just like He said to Moses, I, am, I have now come down, I've heard your groaning, and I remember my covenant that I have with my son Jesus Christ, and I am going to bring you from under that burden that's causing you to groan. Amen. God's going to do that in your life in the name of Jesus. Tonight, by the power of the Holy Spirit, whatever it is that is causing you burden in your heart, God's going to bring you from under that and begin to show himself strong on your behalf. Amen. He says he will take you from under the bondage of the Egyptians. That's the demons that are causing all the problems. I will rescue you from their bondage. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgment. I will take you as my people. And that's what God has done. And I will be your God. When God says, I will be your God, (laughs) he, He means what He's saying. He is your God. We need God in our life. And God's not saying, I will be your God. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm now your God. Uh-uh. That comes with a lot of benefits. Life in this world cannot fully grasp all the benefits that comes with when God says to a man, I will now, from now on, I am your God. Abraham heard that word and that made the difference. And you can see what God is still doing in the Middle East because of what God said to Abraham. I just heard on television, we don't understand. The rest of the world is having a lot of problems financially. We don't know why Israel is still prospering with all the troubles they have. I heard that on television recently. We don't understand it. With all of this trouble, Israel is still prospering. Because God said to Abraham, I am going to be your God. And he never forgets. And when there is trouble, he remembers. Amen. That's your portion tonight in Jesus' name. That's your portion tonight in Jesus' name. That's what God's going to do in your life tonight in Jesus' name. God's going to fight for you tonight in the name of Jesus. God's going to bring you up from under whatever that is. He says, I will be your God. And then he says, then you will know. Amen. (laughs) You will have no doubt. When God is your God, you will begin to see his actions in the natural. You will know. That he is God. 
And that he is the one that is bringing you out of this bondage. Whatever it is that is causing you concern today. This is the truth. This is the truth. When God remembers. I'm going to share some scripture. I saw it's always been in my heart uh, from the time I got saved. And uh, it just it jumped out of the scripture for me. Uh, about the uh, gathering uh, demoniac. I saw the heart of God in that story. Don't fully understand everything, but I did see God's heart in that man's story. And I want to share that story. And I'm saying to you tonight that based on that man's story, because God is not a respecter of persons, whatever it is that is causing you trouble, no matter how long it's been, no matter how much troubles you have in your life, when God remembers you, I don't know when, and he comes in, it's all over. It's all over. Jesus was, you know about the parable of the sower. He was talking to a multitude of people. He gave them the parable of the sower. And then he explained it to his disciples. And then there were a lot of people coming to him. And all of a sudden Jesus said, and I'm going to read this from you, for you. In Luke chapter 8, with all this revival, multitudes, thousands of people around. In Luke chapter 8, verse 22, Jesus said, it says it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples. And he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. Jesus was in Galilee, and on the other side of the lake was the country, the Bible says, the country of the Gadarenes. And there was this uh, Gadarene demoniac, a man who had legion. Read through the story. Jesus wasn't going there to preach to multitude. Because they turned him back and he healed the man and he went right back. He went there for just this one man. It reminds me of what Jesus said. If a man has a hundred sheep and one is lost, he leaves the thousands in search of this one who is in trouble. Are you in trouble tonight? Are you under any burden tonight? I'm telling you, God's going to leave a great revival just to meet your need. And take care of you. Because you are that precious to him. That's what I see in this story. And I want to read this story to you. Because it's really interesting. You read it, you find out. After he healed the man, they told him to leave. He never argued, went back. And went right back to Galilee. For just one man. One man. One man. He shows the heart of God. And the love of God. If it's just you. He knows you. And he knows your situation. He hasn't forgotten you. I don't know what Jesus was doing, but all of a sudden he hit him. Let's go to the other side. And Satan knew trouble was coming. And as Jesus was going, that's when they had this huge storm. You remember that? He was sleeping at the back. And this huge storm was about to drown everybody. The disciples said, don't you care? You know where that wind came from? Satan trying to prevent him from getting to that man. 
But when God is ready for you, no devil can stand in his way. No storm can stand in his way. No wave can prevent him from getting there. He will steal everything and get to you. Can I hear an amen? He'll get to you because you are that precious to him. This was a demon-possessed man. Filled with demons, but God wanted him. Amen? And he went to him, and nothing would stop him. Let me read this scripture for you. He says in verse 37, And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for what? For a long time. This wasn't just yesterday's problem. He didn't have one demon. He had demons. A legion of demons. Not for one day. A long time. And I'm sure he was crying out there. Let me show you this. For a long time. And he wore no clothes. That's what devil wants to do to people. When he attacks your life, he wants to strip you of everything that's good. He won't even permit this man to wear clothes. He won't permit him to live in a house. Nor did he live in a house. The devil wouldn't even permit this man to live in a house. He made him to live among the dead. Grave, graveyard. He lived among tombs. And Jesus saw his pain. He had been in it for years. Long time. And he left the multitudes. He said, well, you want to have a lot of people saved? That's what preachers like. A hundred people gave their lives to the Lord. He left all of them. And went after this one. And he knew. And if you read all that scriptures, it says, when Jesus came out, he went straight. He was going straight for that man. And the man saw him and ran towards him. And what was God doing? Why is it recorded? Is God demonstrating to us, that's what I want to do for you. God is not a respecter of persons. So no matter what you're going through, he cares. And he cares deeply. He seemed as if he had forgotten you. This man had been in the problem for so long. And Jesus had been preaching in the land for a while. And had been in that lake. But the day came. Amen. And he went right for him. And when he comes, nothing is going to stop him. We have to understand this. And I'm going to draw from this. God wants you, when it's God operating in your life, he wants you to have clothes. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Wear some clothes. He wants you to have a house. Hello. For some of us, I said, I want you to think big. If you have not been able to buy a house, what stops you? What stops you? Deuteronomy chapter 8, it says, God said, don't forget me. Because after you built beautiful houses, it didn't say one, beautiful houses. God says, please don't forget me. I'll give that to you, but don't let that take your heart. Let your mind be transformed. Your life be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the word of God. When you, don't, when, you are not, when you don't have clothes and Satan is not permitting you to live in a house or you are not living in a house, that's not God. God has nothing to do with it. 
Amen. God has nothing to do with you not having your needs met. That has nothing to do with God. I see that in the scriptures. When the man was filled with all kinds of demons, he had no clothes. He wouldn't allow him to even put on anything. I won't let him live in the house. He wanted him to live among the dead. There's a scripture that says, the one who is joined to the living, there is hope. For the one who is joined, there is hope for the one who is joined to the living. Don't lose your hope. If you are hopeless, that means Satan has got you where you are now living among tombs. There was hopelessness here. And it had been for years. But there was something crying out to God from this man. Amen. Now, Jesus healed him. And it goes from verse 30. It said, Jesus said to him, What is your name? And he said, Legion. Because... Many demons have entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain. So he be- they begged him, they begged Jesus, that he would permit them to enter them. And he permitted them. I'd like to stay with this scripture a little bit so I can share some things with you because it's important here. It doesn't matter how many demons have come into your life. And it doesn't matter how long they have been in your life. On the day God remembers you, not one single one of them can attach his life, himself to your life. Not one. He's going to get rid of all of them. No matter how long your problems have been in your life. No matter how many problems you've got coming your way. If you let Jesus come into your life and you invite him in, when he remembers, they're all gone in one day. Doesn't matter how strong they are. Notice how they begged him. They knew their day had come. Amen? <laughs> We've got to leave. There, there is no way out. And let me tell you this. For a Christian, no demon can attack you unless you let them come in. they got no power. I've said that before here. There is no demon that has a right to attack your life unless you open the door. But even after you've opened the door, you decide, I don't want this fellow in my life anymore. They have no choice but to leave. They will beg you to let go. The first person I prayed for who was demon, who was demonized, I wouldn't say was demon possessed. That was my first one. And I'd never done this before. And uh, she was telling me, good luck, there's something wrong with my life. I, I don't know why I do these things. Please pray for me. And as soon as I started praying for her, it's just like this coming from my mouth, just air, just coming out. And then later I heard her 
speaking to me. Uh, for me, at the, on this day, I was so filled with fear in those days. I was calling on Jesus and everything to help me. I mean, this was different. Because she was pulling her hair and, and just blowing from my mouth and, and just doing all the crazy stuff. And I was yelling, come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. I mean, this was desperation time. I was yelling so loud. and It was after a while I noticed she was saying something from my mouth. And I, I kept quiet for a while. And I heard this demon saying, she has a very high-pitched voice. But this was kind of low voice. And that voice really spooked me, you know, coming from this girl. And she was saying, now that you want me to leave her, where do you want me to go? And I say, I'm in class in Georgia. I don't know where to, Where will I tell him to go? And they me. What kind of a silly question is it? Never read this in scripture. Where do you want me to go? And I said, uh, go to the, next, the nearest river here. Whether there was a river nearby, I can tell. But that was the thing that came into my heart. I mean, go to the nearest river here, I said. And she was propped up still looking at me like that. And... Because, and she, you know, she was up with her hands, just looking at me like that. And after I said, go to the nearest river, I thought the matter was over. But she was still doing that. And I said, go! <laughs> with all the... F- and then finally, she collapsed. And she, she, she said, what happened? And I went, Whew. Thank you, Jesus. I know <laughs> I went to sleep that night and I couldn't read my mind from the voice. <laughs> I was calling on the blood of Jesus, everything. Please help me. Get rid of this voice from my mind. Help me, God. <laughs> You're laughing at me now, but I wasn't laughing. I'm telling you, I wasn't laughing. This was serious business for me. For days I kept thinking. <laughs> Those vo- the voice was in my head for a long time. God helped me. Finally left. But I don't fear those voices. They can talk as much as they want to talk now. I, I talk back to them. If they said something to me, uh, I figure that that's a wise crack, and I got mine coming. You got to go. But they have no authority to live in your life as a Christian. They cannot torment you. So they left. And you see how it is. You know, I've heard this and I have to stay with this. And some of you, God's going to use you to cast out demons. I used to hear words like, when you cast out the devil, please don't allow children around. Because they might get out of this person and go into one of the children. And then I said, well, it didn't happen here, right? They were even begging to go to swines. To swine, right? Without the permission from God, they, have, they can't do it. They just don't have that authority. It's the authority we give to them that they have. They had the authority to go into that swine because Jesus let, let them. But we have the same authority. Jesus said to us at Luke chapter 10 verse 19, please check it. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And Jesus never sent anyone out to preach the gospel without telling them, cast out devils, 
heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. So we have that authority. But he, he allowed those demons, every one of them. I want to let you know, so many swine, pigs that died on that day for one man's life. Then let me finish with this scripture here. Luke chapter 8 verse 35. It says, Then they went out to see what, because the people went out and they invited their people. They heard Jesus. This man was now well. The people from the place, the gatherings, they came out to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed Sitting at the feet of Jesus. What? Lord. And in his right mind. And they were afraid. When Jesus heals you, he clothes you. First with the garment of righteousness. The garment of praise. Life has changed for this man. Notice where to find you if Jesus has healed you and delivered you at his feet. That's where to be. That's where Mary was, right? At his feet. That's where we ought to be constantly at the feet of Jesus. Constantly at the feet of Jesus. The man was so comfortable just sitting there. And when Jesus, was, when Jesus was asked to leave, he wanted to go with him. That was a place of comfort. The feet of Jesus, hearing the word of God daily. I feel sorry for a lot of people who don't go to his feet. They think he's just going to church and sitting down. No, it's more than going to church and sitting down. Every time you come into God's sanctuary, you are sitting at the feet of the one that can prevent all demons, every trouble from coming to you. What demon will come to that man sitting right there at the feet of Jesus, at the feet of his Lord? He was free. Totally free and in his right man, clothes. Right there. That's where we should be. They were afraid. They begged Jesus to leave. And he left. But the point I want to make in this story is, no matter how long you've been going through, whatever it is, I don't care what Satan is brought into your life. And uh, Robert... That's you. I don't care what Satan is brought against you. He cannot succeed. Not as long as Jesus is alive. What he began, he is able to complete. All you have to do is sit at his feet. Don't worry. There is no, no trouble is coming. No storm is coming your way while you are there at his feet. There is no storm. When you live there, it's to testify. Amen? If he allows you to go from, a, from where you are seated by his feet, is to tell the world how good he's been to you. He hasn't forgotten you. So God's going to take care of your needs. No matter where you are, no matter what the situation is. But you've got to dream. You've got to dream big. 
You got to believe God for something bigger than you. Something that when you tell your friend, when they're saying to you and they want to give you praise, man, you're so, so smart. You don't, it's the Lord. They understand. They've been wondering. Something is behind this man. Something is behind this woman. How, could, how, how, is it, how are you able to get this done? They know it's God. And you say, why don't you come to church with me? Say, yeah, I'll come with you. Because I can tell something is going on here. Let me let you know there is a God. God is. This is not a game. God is. And let me tell you, God will not give you anything that you don't desire. If you don't ask, you will not receive. If you don't have a desire, you will not ask. If you just ask, because others are telling you to ask, your heart won't be in it. And it's got to come from your heart. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You have to ask, and it's got to be coming from your heart. Your heart and your mouth must be saying the same thing. Let me tell you this as I close. You have two eyes. There is the outer eye and the inner eye, the eye of your spirit. You also have two ears. You have the outer ear and you have the inner ear. The woman said to what? Herself. Was she speaking with an outer mouth? No. She was speaking in her heart. With the mouth of her heart, that's the inner mouth she was speaking You have that. You have two eyes, you have two ears, and you have two mouths. Your inner mouth and your outer mouth. The mouth of your spirit, and they have to be in agreement. They have to be saying the same thing. You can't just say it in your heart, but the mouth of your heart has got to come out of your because you live as a natural pain, amen? So it's got to come out from your mouth. That's why until you pray it out, you got to say that. They all have to be in agreement. That's why Jesus said, I've given you a mouth. So we got to believe God and begin to trust God. Something good is coming your way. Something new and beautiful from our God is coming your way. You got to believe God. There's never going to be a day of want. Say that to yourself every day. Say it to yourself every day. No matter where you are, God says he can take care of you. God says he'll take care of your children. They're never going to be perfect, and I'm not the children won't be, but we all belong to the Lord. Amen? He can take care of us. So I don't have to worry about anything. I've got to trust him. Sleep well at night. If you, don't, if you cannot sleep, don't pray. If you want to sleep, sleep well and pray. But if you want to worry about it, uh, don't pray. Uh, stay worrying. But speak the truth from the Word of God. Amen? Your answer tonight is on His way. Stand up with me tonight. And I want you to know, God has not forgotten you. And there is no devil big enough to take you on. Amen? 
I'm so confident about that. There is no devil big enough to take you on. Even if you just got saved tonight, the devils know that you are trouble for them. Amen. Every time they see you coming, what would they say? Here comes trouble. Now, what are we going to do? Not you saying, oh, the devil is coming. What are we going to do now? That's backward. Amen. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight and begin to thank him for the great things that he's about to do in your life. If you cannot say it, that's because you don't believe it. If you cannot say it boldly, it's not, it's not yet there in your heart. But if you trust God, tell God, help my unbelief. God, I believe this. I'm struggling. I believe you, God. And if there is any doubt in my heart, please help my unbelief. I'm going somewhere. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm no longer alone. God's with me. And if God be for me, no one can be against me. No matter what the problem is, if you are sick in the body, God wants to heal you and you are healed tonight in Jesus' name. If you have financial problems, the Lord is your shepherd. He will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. They can only watch you, watch you enjoy everything that He's provided for you. You don't have to worry if there's trouble in your life. That because, that's because God is working a lot of things together for your good. And when it's all over, it's going to be really good. Something that you will rejoice about. And it's like a dream. When the Lord restored the captivity of Zion, we were as those that dream. Then our tongue was filled with laughter. That's what it is. God will fill your tongue. It will wear like those that dream. They will begin to say, the Lord has done great things for you. And you will say also, the Lord has done great things for me. And I am glad. Amen. I am glad. I am glad. The Lord has done great things for me. Don't wait. Just believe it with all of your heart. The Lord has done great things for me. Amen. The world must see it. That's how they know there is a God. The world must see it. And they won't be able to explain it. Then they know this is the hand of God. The finger of God. Like the, the magicians of Pharaoh said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. We can duplicate this. The finger of God is upon your life tonight. Amen? And good things are coming your way. Father, I want to thank you for your people tonight. And more of them.